Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into the Hooper's Log. It is episode 33. Yes, episode 33. We are now fully a week away from Christmas and the big time game starting there a week from today. Think about that. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we are already most of the way through pretty much we're only two weeks away from 2016. Think about that. This this year, I don't know about you, has completely flown by and it's just been a quick Quick year on the docket again. Welcome on in. My name is Simo Buckets. I got Andrew Norris on the line. Andrew Norris is not feeling too well today. We'll get him in. We'll get some hot takes and hot things going on before the weekend begins. College football bowl season begins tomorrow. If you want to join our bowl mania through ESPN, feel free to do so. There are some NBA games on the ESPN docket tonight. One in particular that is definitely a must-watch. And there are some ranked college basketball games tonight. In the, I mean, excuse me, <clears throat> Saturday night in the world of college hoops. There's, there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to today on a Friday. Uh, I got Andrew here. Andrew, man, I know you're feeling like crap, man, but how you doing outside of that? Uh, outside of that, I'm doing pretty good. I just, uh, you know, I, I still get to talk basketball, so my day's not going to go too bad. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, hey, we got we got basketball here on the line. We got. You got all these things going on. College football starts tomorrow. I know you're going to be be, be settling in and looking at that for tomorrow. Obviously, some big-time college basketball games tomorrow. There's a lot to get to. Andrew, you ready to get this going? Let's go, man. Let's get it done. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Well, first off, in the world of the NBA last night, uh, there were quite a few performances. Obviously, the big one in LeBron James, uh, the big big performance of the night, Oklahoma City in Cleveland for a classic matchup between Kevin Durant and LeBron James. LeBron James scoring 33 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, 1 rebound short of a monster triple-double. Uh, two steals on top of that, 66 on the whiteboard performance scale. And then uh, Cleveland getting the win there late in Oklahoma City. One of those, it was an interesting game to watch last night. You saw Oklahoma City dominate early in this one. Definitely through the first three quarters, it looked like Oklahoma City had it in the bag the way they were playing. And then the fourth quarter came, and Cleveland decided to show up and just absolutely annihilate Oklahoma City. This was one of those games where, you know, you, it was really one of those litmus test games where you got to kind of see, okay, can Cleveland compete against a, a, a formidable Western Conference opponent? And they did so last night, and they found a way to win, close it out, and dominate 
uh, late in the ball game to find a way to be a good team. I mean, this is kind of one of their tests we wanted to see them go through throughout the year, especially since Kyrie Irving's been out. It was interesting to see, and they got it done. Now, they're now 17-7 and seven in the in the Eastern Conference, and obviously the Eastern Conference has just been outstanding uh, as of late when it comes to parity. Um, Andrew, what did you see in this one? I know I know you were watching this one uh, as we were going through. Uh, what did you see in this one? Oh, oh Russell, Russell Westbrook, real quick, also had a wide for performance, 27 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds, and 3 steals with a 53 in that one. Andrew, what did you see from this one? Yeah, I saw the uh, scary playoff LeBron. Uh, I, I I was telling um, – I was watching it with a casual NBA fan. If you don't watch basketball with a casual NBA fans, watch it. It makes you appreciate it so much more. Uh, it's just yeah. really fun. But, um, you know, I'm telling him, this guy loves playing against the best players in the league. Uh, and then the yeah. first the first opportunity um, he, the, that LeBron got to guard Kevin Durant, he was right up on him. And he was he was doing everything he could to guard him um, tight and and you know the the defense we don't see from him the whole year unfortunately anymore. It's smart that he doesn't play that defense the whole year. He knows how to conserve his energy because he knows he's going to be in the finals. Right. Um, right. The the way that guy played last night, he willed his team. Um, it, it was it was a weird performance from from a guy in Kevin Love who. It, at times it was like, wow, he's playing great. And at times it was like, what? what is he doing? I mean, he, he finished yeah. only 11 points, only seven rebounds. It felt like he had a little bit more of an effect than that, but he's definitely got to play better. He's got to put up better numbers. Uh, you know, he, he got outscored by Richard Jefferson. They played the same amount of minutes. Richard Jefferson played awesome last night, but he's got to be, when Kyrie Irving's out, which this was the last game, fortunately, he had to be the second-best player, and if it happens again, he's got to step his game up. You know, his, his play hasn't has not been great. Um, I tweeted out something last night about, about LeBron's record against great players in the regular season. Against Kobe Bryant, LeBron is 14-6. and six. Oh, yeah. Against Kevin Durant, he is 14-3. and three. Against Carmelo Anthony, he's 13-12. and 12. Derrick Rose, 8-7. and seven. Dwayne Wade, 15-11. and 11. And Steph Curry five and two. This guy has been so unbelievably dominant against great teams. Um, you know, it, it's it's been goofy. He, and I also saw something. He's played against over three hundred players. He's played in more than ten games, and he's outscored every single one of them. Single one of them. He wasn't being outscored by Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, up until this game, but he outscored him by eleven. So, you know, he's the best player in the world. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, you know, this Cleveland Cavaliers team, when Kyrie Irving comes back, it's just going to get even more scary. I agree with that. This team is, uh, I, I like I said, if this team can just tread water, which they're doing right now, they can just tread water until they get their guys back and everyone's come, come everyone comes back healthy uh, come January, which now is only about two weeks away. I've been saying it since November or since October. I'm telling you, this team, if they tread water until they get to January, which is what they've been doing and what they've been able to get to, 17-7 and isn't necessarily treading water. But if they can find a way to get to January in a couple more weeks with with 20 wins, 
you're looking at a team that could still have the capability of winning 60 games. I mean, this is a team that can go on a serious run, a lot like what we saw at the beginning of the year for the Golden State Warriors. And I don't, I don't over over exaggerate that. This team could win 20 games, uh, 60 games this year by the end of the year if everyone comes back and stays healthy. And again, it, it, that's very hard to say considering, as we all know, from February on, those final couple of months of the season, it becomes just an absolute grind fest for teams when it comes to toughness and keeping guys healthy. It becomes tough. And, and it's not to say that that's not going to happen for Cleveland, but considering Amon Shumpert's coming back, uh, hopefully a little bit more healthy than he was over the last couple last week or so, and then Kyrie Irving comes back 100% and stays 100%, you're looking at a team that could run through the Eastern Conference and dominate a lot like what they did last season. Another game from the night uh, that, that was very – boy, you talk about a, a very tough way to lose a ball game. The Toronto Raptors last night, DeMar DeRozan hit a shot from about 45 feet out with about a second left. Unfortunately, there was a timeout. About a million timeouts were called. If you watch the highlight in this one at the very end, the Raptors would have won the ball game. If Toronto, if, if if Demar Derozan would have just, if they wouldn't have called timeout, they would have won the ball game. And unfortunately, um, the timeout was called, the, the play was waved off, and the Hornets went into overtime and just destroyed the Raptors, one hundred nine to ninety nine. Uh, Jeremy Lin had the whiteboard worthy performance in that one. Fit thirty five points, four assists, five rebounds, and two blocks. That's a crazy performance by him. Um, the Raptors, I felt like, played the better game in the in the very you know in the, in the four quarters that they were provided. But the problem was the Hornets found a way to get them to overtime and win that one. Uh, real quickly again, and let's go to this final game. The Rockets beat the Lakers 107 to 87. Again, people going crazy. People going crazy over the fact that Kobe Bryant did what he did in his dunk and and he scored 22 and things like that. Uh, but the real breaking news this morning is the fact that, um, yes, yes, is that the fact that Ty Lawson is going to be suspended for two games for his DUI situation over the off season. He had apparently two of them during the off season. Um, thankfully, he went to go to get rehab and get help, um, but that hasn't been helping as of late. Now, for those that don't know, those who are uh, are chronic addicts. They generally fall in and out of relapses from time to time, and that happens. That is a normal situation considering the fact that if you're an addict, this happens from time to time. Look at Johnny Manziel. Look at your average Joe on the street. It happens when, when those who have addiction problems generally relapse from time to time. That is not a, uh, a character flaw. That is not an issue. It is, just, it is just something that happens with addicts, and it's something that they have to accept to accept their ability to recover and apparently I just saw this uh, fly through my thing but the Rockets are now trying to trade Ty Lawson look I don't think it is I don't think it is too far-fetched to say that this Rockets team is going to implode uh, like we mentioned yesterday anytime soon look if they're going to trade Ty Lawson they're willing to trade I'm not trying to sit there and and compare Ty Lawson to James Harden but you got you got a bunch of guys on this team who are totally uh, uh, you know, disposable when it comes to their ability to control this team. Andrew, what did you see from last night in this Rockets-Lakers game and that Raptors-Hornets game? Uh, this this Rockets-Lakers game, sure. You know, maybe Ty Lawson, maybe he's a problem as far as chemistry goes. Um, you know, that's not something we've True. seen. We haven't heard anything. But when a guy goes out, everything, right, then again, it's, uh, you, you know, you got to remember it's against the Lakers. Um, so let's not let's not jump the gun here. 
Um, but when a guy does that, it's, it, you know, and, and this happens, you, you may see signs of that. That's not even close to a fact yet or anything, but it's just something to think about. Um, you know, and we talked yesterday about, about Kobe Bryant making the All-Star game. Yesterday was one of those reasons why. Imagine if he played in the All-Star game and went out and had a game like he did uh, last night. You know, 9 for 16, 22 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, that that would be legendary, man. That would be amazing. That would be one of the, you know, this is three straight games with 20 points now. So so he's been picking it up. He's up to 34% shooting. And as bad as that sounds, it's up 5%. So, you know, he's been picking it up. He's got a lot less pressure on his shoulders. So, you know, put him in. Let's let's just see how it goes. The Hornets game, uh, I saw a tweet last night. Uh, Jeremy Lin's breakout game for the Knicks was 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Last night, in his first start of the season, he had 35 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. So this guy, you know, who knows? Maybe we're going to see a little bit of Lynn Sanity again. He, you know, people, he, he's a good backup point guard. People don't want to give him that because, you know, he's an Asian guy who went to Harvard. The same problem he had getting into the NBA, people don't want to call him a good point guard now. And, he, you know, he's not a great starting point guard. But this guy can be a backup point guard and a pretty good one. And I mean, Kemba Walker, though, I mean, 27 points last night. He's been he's been phenomenal. He's reinvented himself. Uh, you know, this is going to be, I believe, his first season shooting over 40%. Uh, he's up to 18 points a game, five assists, four rebounds, almost almost a block a game. That's a point guard. And the timeout, uh, you know, when Kyle Lowry called it, there was four seconds left. So, you know, you can't blame him because four seconds to set up a play for a buzzer beater is way more likely to go in than a half-court shot. Uh, You know, he didn't know DeMar DeRozan was going to sink it. It's one of those things that happens, uh, you know, and it's going to happen no matter how much it sucks for the Raptors uh, now that this game is over and done with and they lost by 10 in overtime. uh, It's going to happen, and it's not – I mean, they allowed 19 points in a five-minute overtime, which is a little ridiculous. But things like that throughout the history of the NBA, freak accidents are going to happen. They're still 16 and 11, uh, and I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back in their next game. So it's not it's not really a huge deal. It's more something funny. And now they'll get the chance to take out the Heat uh, tonight. Well, what's interesting, you mentioned the Lakers game, and and I, and, I mean – this guy, Julius Randle, has been playing off his rocker. I mean, you talk about a guy who, if he had more playing time, unfortunately with the circumstance Kobe Bryant retiring and that whole shebang with, with the Lakers, it's interesting. This guy has been playing out of his mind And Julius Randle. I mean, he had another double-double last night, um, and this guy is not even really in the starting lineup. The guy has been outstanding for this team, and I'm telling you, if he was on a contending team, he'd be an outstanding young piece for time to come. This guy is, is making pace to become one of the better big men in the league when, as, as he gets older. He's still a baby. I mean, he's, he's only 20, 21 years old. The guy's only been in the league for not even maybe. He's probably still 19. The guy's a baby. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if this team had some better pieces around it, some more established pieces, unlike now where Kobe, the way he's leaving with the way this team is, they just still have a couple pieces to go when it comes to superstars. 
Uh, hopefully Ben Simmons walks through that door. But that team is still very young. And with with where Julius Randle's been playing and, and with the way a couple of some of these other guys who are who really are no names uh, have been playing, they have they have been they have been finding ways to stay relevant in the NBA, which is good because you've got some other teams in the NBA who have just been playing awful. And one thing before we have a caller on the line on the FanDuel Studios three two three six four two one five five eight caller. If you hold on for just a moment, I want to report something real quick before we get to you. Seventy Sixers hire Mike D'Antoni as associate head coach. Reportedly, they're hiring him to help coach this team. Obviously, they have been uh, just just terrible as of late. The 76ers have, obviously, at 1-26. and uh, They're saying that he's going to come on and try and help this team get over the hump and, and finally start winning some ball games. What, what is your take on this, Andrew, on Mike D'Antoni joining the 76ers? They've got a whole lot more problems than just scoring a few more points. Um, it'll help. Right. He's He's a great offensive coach. Uh, and then you know they they got Brett Brown to help on the defensive end, but I mean this this team's not going to win ten games, regardless of what they do. Um, you know they might be the worst team and the youngest team to ever have to just blow it up and restart again. That's how bad it is. But um, but blowing it up and restarting again wouldn't really be trading much if you get rid of Jalil Okafor, and that's about it. But you know it, it it's a team that you don't even want to talk about because. They are so just atrocious and embarrassing, and and, and I, and, yeah, like I said, embarrassing to the sport of basketball. But Mike D'Antoni, he's going to help. Um, he might get him to score a few more points, but I don't think you'll see much of an impact this year. Uh, you know, maybe coming into next year, but this year is going to still be just as bad. You know, maybe a tiny bit better. Well, and the one thing Mike Denzoni has been able to do with teams in the past is create a transition offense that can actually work. And I feel like with a young team like this, transition game is going to be very easy for them to, to, to you know, not to not to make a pun or anything, but to transition into. I mean, they have tried to become a team that can handle the half-court game, and that's clearly not the case. When when you got young guys all over the basketball court and trying to announce themselves as something, you know, trying to do something important throughout the league, this team, uh, they can when they get out and run, they might have a little bit more fun than just trying to play the half-court game. So the, the running game might be a little bit more of a presence as this guy steps in and takes and takes the reins a little bit more on the offensive side. Uh, but for now, he's just kind of, like you said, a piece to kind of help them transition into more games to win. Hopefully they can win a couple more games going forward. We got a caller on the line. Caller, how you doing, man? I know you watched that Laker game last night. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I watched it a little bit. I was uh, I was watching it during my breaks at work. At work. Did you get Did you get overly hyped when Kobe Bryant dunked over Clint Capella, a no-name player for I the did. Rockets? How was that? I made I made a huge scene at work. <laughs> now I want to ask something because I want to I want to kind of get a little bit of a take. How old are you? I just want to get a. You know. I am eighteen. Oh, that's outstanding. So you so you, so the things so the things that you've seen Kobe Bryant do as of late. You I mean I'm 25, and so I've seen Kobe Bryant throughout pretty much his whole career since he started. Once he had the, he had the mini fro back when he was on the Lakers uh-huh. and, and what's funny is and what's funny is is this guy, you know, the some of the things that he's been doing as of late, it's like I mean, it it's funny because he's retiring soon and all that kind of stuff. And so the the thing you saw 
was kind of funny because people used to dunk on him and he used to shoot the air balls and he was the young guy. He was kind of the, you know, I hate to say it, and I know Andrew won't like this comparison, but Kobe Bryant was kind of looked upon as the Jalil Okafor of the NBA when he first came in. People loved him. People thought he was great. And then he made some mistakes off the, off the court, granted, later on in his career, uh, as we all know. Um, and then on top of that, the guy became the guy became kind of the – the uh, the throne bearer of Michael Jordan when he left the league and 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 it's not a bad comparison but he really was the sidekick he was the Dwayne Wade of Shaq back then and I'm not going to sit here and say Shaq would have won those three titles on his own because I don't think that would have been the case but Kobe Bryant in his career you know when it came to doing the plays that he did last night it's it, it's a relative norm and and it and it's fun to see a guy kind of resurrect some things as time moves forward and and uh and, and as he kind of comes to the end of his career it's fun to see i wanted to ask you one question too before uh, i let you i let you go out, go talk on whatever you want to talk about but kobe bryant being in the all-star game for this year do you think that is a do you, do you like that idea i know you're a kobe fan but do you like that idea or is it kind of an eh for you <laughs> me and andrew kind of talked about that the other day yeah i think it I yeah think it, yeah, for sure because um, it's kind of like a uh, like a like a Derek Jeter thing. Even though Derek Jeter was having a better year during his last year, but um, you know, it's just out of respect. You know, it's I don't think anybody anybody would be opposed to it at all. I think of it kind of as like a like a like a Magic Johnson on the Dream Team, you know, in '92 kind of thing. But I just think he should go. They should do this introduction. You know, if if he's not able to play. Maybe he'll play five minutes and he'll let the other guys play. It's just a matter of he's in the game. Everybody wants to see him play a little bit, you know, make a shot, whatever, they can, so they can go crazy, chant MVP, do what they do, and then he can go and let the young guys play. It's just a matter of respect for the legend, you know. Anything you want to say, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've had this conversation um like Nico said, yeah. uh, we even me and you had it yesterday, Chris. But just something on the dunk real fast. Um, and, and if Nico, after this, if there's anything you want to bring up, uh, feel free to bring up. Um, the dunk, you know, it's awesome to see Kobe dunking. And, and this isn't a shot at Kobe's dunk. But as far as dunks in the NBA goes, you guys stop getting excited when it's not a contact right. dunk. If somebody stands on the ground... And, and in this case, he didn't. But, uh, for example, uh, DeAndre Jordan over Greg Monroe. Or, he, you know, he, even this dunk, if you think about it, wasn't that great. I don't think his hand even touched Kobe. Uh, Kobe didn't even really have to go around him. Uh, just stop getting so – and, again, I know it's Kobe. He's he's old as dirt, and he, you're surprised he can jump that high. But these – people getting dunked on anymore, like a dunk on – LeBron got dunked on. Like, that was somebody getting dunked on. You know, the, Kobe didn't really dunk on Clint Capella. Yeah, I would, honestly, it's not more about, like, getting dunked on. I'm going to make two points. My first point, you said you talked about DeAndre Jordan, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, I don't find it very amusing if a man jumps up, you know, makes a, you know, jumps up on a guy and throws the ball in the net and then gets an and one. I don't think it's like anything spectacular, honestly. Like I, th- I think if I had, if I was that tall, I could do that. Like you know, he he didn't even make contact with the rim. But my second thing is uh, the reason why 
everyone's making a big deal about this Kobe dunk. It's not it's not that he just, you know, slammed on uh Capella. It's, he's thirty seven years old, you know. I don't think anybody can be really dunking like that at thirty seven and, you know, doing doing that kind of stuff at the age of thirty seven and then it's just it's just fun. It's fun to watch. I don't care what anyone says. It's 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 cool to see at, at sometimes. What's interesting is that I was watching. I was I was right before I got on here. I, I'm always on Facebook when it comes to when it comes to looking at this certain group I'm on. They're called Real Talk NBA. Uh, for those that aren't on here, um, I, I I I was watching and, and we were talking about this dunk. And what's funny is I was watching some highlights of the '92 Eastern Conference playoffs um, when the Bulls and Knicks played. And I'm telling you, man. I I was watching some basketball highlights last night, and and then I watched these highlights, and it's made me realize one thing about the NBA, and I, and I think it's for the better. I think it's for the better. It's it's from the standpoint of look, these guys back in the day used to play so hard to the point where I mean they would hurt, they would hit each other, they I mean hit each other to the point where it was just. It, it was like, whoa, this is a whole different game. Guys, when they would slam the ball into the hoop, they would slam it so hard that it just it made the ricochet sound, you know. Just the way these guys oh, played yeah. back in the day was so hard. And now it's like when you see guys play, they're kind of they're kind of more – I mean, just, just naturally they're more finesse type compared to then. That's not to knock anyone in the NBA today, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys being compared to what uh, – going on in the NBA today compared to what's going on back in the day. It's like, look, people are trying to compare Steph Curry to certain players from back in the 90s stop. I don't even think Steph Curry could handle John Starks from the Knicks. That's how good some of these guys were back in the day. Now, are there more talented players in the NBA today than there were back in the 90s? Absolutely. There are a lot more, there's a lot more talent in the NBA today than back in the 90s, and you can say that about the 90s back in the 70s. You know, it just there's more talent over time, and time, it gets to become more and more watered down with how great everyone becomes. But at the same time, to be honest, I mean, there's, when it comes to the great players from the 90s, they would walk into the league today, and I'm not trying to sit here and say that MJ at 32 back in the 90s would walk in and score 50 every night. I don't think that would be the case. I just think there would be certain nights where – I think I think it'd be once every other game or once every three or four games, MJ could walk in and score fifty because those guys just played with more intensity. They just played with more of a of a will attitude compared to the guys today. And that's not to knock the Golden State Warriors or any other player out here in the NBA. But when it comes sure. to the but when it but when it comes to the way that those guys uh, approached the game of basketball. It was with a life or death mentality. Like Allen Iverson would approach the game at six foot, 160 pounds, and attack the rim with guys who are seven feet tall, with you know Patrick Ewing or other guys like that, who he'd attack the rim, and he would go with reckless abandon and have no, uh, you know, assertion of any sort of will for his safety. And, and Dwayne Wade used to do the same thing when early on in his career. LeBron James used to do the same thing in his early on days in his career. And for some reason over time, and, and I'm going to kind of attribute it to the fact that, you know, we've seen it in all-star game uh, weekends over the last four or five years, but the big-name players don't put themselves on the map like they used to. Look, back in the day, if you were a big-name player, you wanted to you wanted to compete in – you wanted to compete in the uh, you wanted to compete in the All Star Game festivities. You wanted to compete in the dunk competition. You wanted to compete in the three point contest. You wanted to compete in all that stuff. You wanted to actually sure. play 
in the all-star game. And like these, these guys these days are walking around and, and, and maybe it's just me sounding old. I'm not that old. I'm 25. But, but when it comes to like, but when it comes to these guys like playing today and then trying to represent a generation, like you got guys wearing skinny jeans on the sidelines when the dunk contest is going on and they're like, Oh my God, that's such a great dunk. No, Blake Griffin, you should be in the dunk competition every year. No, LeBron, you should be in the dunk competition every year. No, Dwayne Wade, you should be doing something. Like, and I know these guys are in their late prime, and I get that. Um, or they're getting to the mid-later stages of their prime, and I get that. But it, it, it kind of sets a trend for the rest of the NBA. Like, oh, we're kind of just here to, to show up and, 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 and give a product to the crowd instead of actually playing to, to, to really play for more than just winning. And, let, and, 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 and they're playing to play well. They're playing to come out and provide a product and play well. But at the same time, it's like, there's not that energy like there was back in the 90s as I was watching that. Um, and, and the way Kobe played last night and the way he's been playing. And, 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 and to get on another note real quick with that topic, Kobe Bryant, after that dunk, there was a technical foul. Look, here's the other thing. And, and, I, brought, and I was thinking about this last night. Look, we are so concerned in the world of sports. And I understand these are professional athletes. I get it. They're making millions of dollars. They're at a higher tax bracket than a majority of the of the of the nation and the world in general with how with with the kind of money they're making i get it trust me but when it comes to the way this game is played look at the end of the day sports is a game it is it is a a a a level of fun and an, an opportunity for people to express themselves and have fun and play at a level that's intense look if if there was I know, and again, this goes kind of goes back to the whole '90s and the Eastern Conference playoffs that I was watching. Look, if if these guys played like that back in the day, there would be technical fouls, flagrant fouls. There would be half the teams would be ejected in each game, and and it's oh, yeah. because look, they're playing they're playing with emotion, passion. They're playing with intensity. They're playing to win. They're playing because of the of the of the playground mentality. And the problem with the NBA today is it's becoming – and it's not just the NBA. It's sports in general. We're becoming too governmentalized with the way, this, with the way sports is becoming. you got instant replay on almost every other play in, in football when it comes to college or the NFL. Back in the day, in the 80s, and I was looking at some highlights from the 80s back in the, you know, old school football with Joe Montana, and I was watching some plays from back in the day, and I was like, holy crap, there's like five plays that could have been replayed in the last like minute of the ball game. You know what I mean? Like There are like so many replays that could have happened, but they don't go to them because they didn't have the technology, but no one cared. No one cared, and I feel like we're getting to a point now where people are starting to recognize instant replay or you know these quote-unquote hard fouls, or they're, we're starting to, I'm starting to get the sense, and it's, and I think it's been a thing that's been going on for the last five, ten years now, where I feel like the wrong people are watching sports. And if you know what I'm saying, it's like, I understand that the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball are all trying to, are all trying to, are all trying to generate more, uh, more viewership through a broader audience. And I get that, but sometimes the broader audience makes the sport less watchable. Now, I'm not trying to talk about the NBA. I'm just talking about sports in general. And I'm hearing all of these circumstances of why guys need to be certain ways or why guys need to be this, why guys need to be that. And I'm like, why don't you just let them play and play the way that they're used to playing? And it's turning into a thing where it's becoming more and more governmentalized than it is becoming an actual sport. We don't need to replay every single play in football. We don't need to have 
flagrant fouls or a technical foul on every single nitnoid thing that happens. If a guy dunks on a player, don't just call a technical foul because everyone's excited and that shouldn't be promoted. That's going to happen in the park. That's going to happen in high school gyms. It's going to happen. People are going to get excited for something. That's what makes it a fun thing to watch. Why do we need to have a technical foul? These aren't children. These are professional athletes. They can condone themselves. They know when to get excited and when not to get excited. I was watching a couple of Allen Iverson crossovers on YouTube the other day. You know how many times players were coming off the bench and getting yoked because of those plays? Those would be technical fouls today. That's a joke. Like, that's a joke. And then on yeah, top of it, you got major sure. league, you got major league baseball, major league baseball, where almost every single time a close play is called, people get all up in arms of, oh, that should be an instant replay, blah 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 blah. You know, maybe I'm just an old guy going off, but it, it becomes one of those things where it's just, look, this is sports. At the end of the day, this isn't the government, this isn't politics, this is sports. This isn't this isn't the local news. This is sports, okay? And and and, and again, I get they're making millions of dollars, but it's frustrating to see. And it's frustrating to watch because Kobe, all he did was dunk on a guy. All he did was dunk on a guy. And, we, and he had a technical foul immediately after. And I know people don't really care about the technical foul. But it's just the standpoint of, look, I mean, these are the things that happen in the NBA. People get excited and things happen. Do you guys have any take on that, on just sports in general with that type of, with that type of mentality that, that, that sports is providing to these refs and just the, just the nature of the beast in general? For sure. Nico for Lopez. sure. A couple. Yeah, thanks, Norris. <laughs> Uh, for sure, I got a, a couple points. Actually, um, first off, I agree pretty much with everything you said. You know, like um, for instance, my dad would tell me he goes, he refuses to watch basketball, and I goes, I can't stand it. And I I can't stand yeah. watching it. He goes, listen, when 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 he was younger or whatever, maybe like he's in the nineties too. He there literally there would be a a how do you say like a marquee game every night. He goes. We would stay up late and watch the uh, Lakers play the Celtics, you know. All these guys, we would love watching these games because they were so competitive. They were hardcore, you know. And I was watching um, yesterday was, uh, I was watching Pistons play, the old Pistons team play the Knicks on NBA TV, like the old, old matchup. And it was just, so, it, it was so fun to watch. They're just so, they just go so hard and it's just so competitive. But, like, now I, I use the example of, uh, when the Pistons played the Lakers, when uh, Anthony Tolliver sprinted back with Nick Young on the fast break, tried to block Nick Young, hard play, tried to make a hard play. It's not like he tried to kill him. He just tried to make the play. And Nick Young got so offended, so mad that he tried making a hard play that he went to go, like, you know, try to kill him. It's like, are you seriously mad over that? I'm like, that's, that's, that's that was yeah. literally every other play back then. And that, that's when I was. I, that's when I knew I was like, you know what, everyone's getting soft. And another thing you you're talking about, you know, Michael Jordan and, and what he would do in now nowadays game. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this before, but a while back I I, I watch usually first take every day, and it's, it's fun to watch listen to those two guys talk. And uh, yeah, get, if you like get Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> get, get Bayless made the point that he thinks 90s Jordan would average 50 points a game in, in today's NBA. And, I, I mean, it sounds pretty stupid, but he was making a pretty good point. <laughs> it's fun to watch. I recommend it. But uh, another thing, too, is I agree with what you're saying about, um, you know, what, what everyone's trying to do with sports and, you know, the referees and everything. Like, like for instance, I read an article yesterday that, that people are trying to get fighting gone in hockey. Are you kidding me? 
They want fighting yeah, no. gone. Uh, they're ruining the game. I'm like, is this? I'm like, that, that made the game. What, it's a part of the game. Yeah. So I just think, I, I think as we're getting older, I think the games are starting to get softer, and it's more about protection and just they're. Just, I guess they want. My opinion is, I guess they just want to protect their superstars because that's their money maker. I, you know, I don't know. I if Jordan can survive, if you know. Magic can survive, and all these guys can survive a very aggressive style play back there. I don't see why LeBron, the greatest human specimen alive, can not survive it. But that's just my take on it. Yeah, well, Andrew, go ahead. I think, I think I agree with everything Chris said up until 1990. Um, you know, I don't. I I think as soon as the bad boys kind of broke up. That's when tough yeah. basketball kind of broke up. That's when it all started going downhill. Um, you know, mid nineteen nineties, it, it was. It, it may have been more finesse basketball than it is now, and that was. It wasn't in the terms of, uh, you know, the the refs making calls uh, more or anything like that. The refs still weren't making quite as many calls as they were today. I think it's overblown how different it was. I just looked at the flagrant foul numbers and the technical foul numbers, and they're all pretty similar from the mid-1990s till today. Um, uh-huh. But I, I, I do think if you're looking at the bad boys, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, or the version of Michael Jordan who lost a lot, that was tough basketball. That was basketball where, you know, guys oh, yeah. where you, you could punch somebody on the court. Go, what were you about to say? All right, yeah, that was uh, that was tough basketball. That was the version of basketball where you could punch somebody on the court and get knock it ejected. 1991 till today, I mean, it, it's basketball, it, and sure it's soft, but if you really watch the games, I think right now as far as normal foul goes, maybe not tacticals, maybe not flagrants, they have it right where it should be. Um, yeah, if you get yeah, swiped across the arm, yes. right, if you get swiped across the arm, it should be a foul, no matter how soft it looks. You know, if your shot is altered illegally, that's a foul. Yes. And as much as it 100%. might look, make the game look soft or or 100%. anything like that, it should. And if you watched last night, um, and I think Kobe got a lot of the same treatment, um, I, Michael Jordan got a lot of the same treatment. These guys are so athletic and so strong in Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron. And they did get a lot of fouls called to them where you're like, what are those fouls? All three of them. But these normal, like, driving the lane fouls, especially the, the the finals of last year, these guys just don't get because, um, as we spoke about, and I feel like the show, we're going back on a lot of shows, you know, retouching them. Um, you know, the the refs are reacting to these players' bodies more than they're reacting to the, to the actual contact. So when you see oh, a guy yeah. like a Michael Jordan, like a Kobe Bryant, like a LeBron drive the lane, and, for example, last year in the finals, Andre Iguodala, on every time he does it, st- st- sticks two hands right in his stomach. That's a foul on anybody else, but not on these freak athletes, you know, not on these the three I just mentioned. It's going to be a foul on James Harding because this guy's not as strong. This guy's not as fast. Sure, he's an amazing athlete compared to the rest of us, but he's just a very good athlete when it comes to NBA. Um, so I think – they, yeah, they can tone it down on, on flagrant fouls, on technical fouls, but I think where fouls are right now are, are about as good as you're going to get it with the, the pace of play. When it comes to hockey, like you said, hockey's already a niche sport. So if if Batman wants to lose half of the fans of this niche sport, go ahead. It, hockey without fighting, it would be in some serious, serious trouble. Um, it, it'd be like basketball without free throws. 
almost. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a sad about. comparison, but it's just like if basketball lost free throws and you could just follow somebody, you get stupid. And if, if hockey lost fights and you had to play like a little girl, you're losing those niche fans. Hockey is a sport for for people who love just physicality. You know, it, it's, it's a sport for people who love to watch somebody get the crap beat out of them. And, you know, it, it's you, a lot of hockey fans, I'd say probably about 50% of them, are less uh, opinionated on the actual skill in watching hockey as they are of, you know, they're more educated just on the physicality of the sport. And, hey, if Batman wants to lose every lose another thing, like he's lost everything else for the sport, go ahead, take away fight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause with, with, All right, with, Nico. With, 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 Oh, yeah, Nico, go ahead, go ahead. we're gonna we're gonna let we're, we're gonna have to let you go. We got we got some things we got to finish up real quick before we end the show, buddy. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? Uh, no, I actually had a question for you too, but I, I mean, it, it, sure. you guys will probably go on about it. Um, I wanted to know your guys' opinion on the LeBron versus Durant matchup last night, and I wanted to know if you guys thought it was a a very high competitive game. If you guys thought it, it it could compare to like a like a like a like a Magic Johnson bird matchup, I wanted to hear your guys' take on it. But well, we'll put you back on hold. We'll put you back on hold, but we'll 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 take that take definitely. All right, thanks, Nico. All no right. problem. Yeah. Um. With that, I I wouldn't. You know what? With those two guys, they're generational. I believe they're legendary. I, they're guys that they are. You know, when it comes to them two, they're, one of them is in the Western Conference, one of them's in the Eastern Conference. They're only going to play twice a year. When it comes to their ability to to play one another, yeah, I would say this is the modern-day Magic versus Larry. I'd say this is the modern-day uh, version of that. These are two of the best players in the NBA when healthy. They just are. And uh, Kevin Durant's won an MVP. He's been to the finals, uh, obviously lost to LeBron in 2012, but LeBron James, as we know, is the best player in the NBA, and people are starting to talk about Steph Curry and whatnot. No, stop it. I mean, Kevin Durant and LeBron James are two of the more freakish, uh, unorthodox athletes in the NBA, and they have found ways to just absolutely dominate the game of basketball in ways more than we can expect. Andrew, what do you think from that? Yeah, I don't think they're quite um, magic. Yeah. I don't Kevin Durant is a good enough winner for that to happen. I think you've got a way better chance of Steph Curry, LeBron being kind of that matchup. But, you know, it is still a great, great matchup. You know, if Kevin Durant would have stayed healthy, you always had that chance for this to be one of the greater rivalries of all time. Uh, and I, you still do have that chance in the next four or five years, but Kevin Durant's going to have to do some serious winning. We're going to have to see them face off in the finals at least two times more for it to be a legendary, legendary rivalry. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I mean, I think it's an unbelievable rivalry, but I don't know if it's to the level of Magic and Larry, but it's, as of considering the comparison for today, it is that comparable. Okay, uh, for basketball previewing for the weekend, we've got a couple of ranked games for the weekend, three of them in the world of college basketball. We have uh, Villanova at, the, at Virginia, ESPN2, 9 a.m., uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern uh, on the, on uh, ESPN2. UNC, UCLA is on CBS at 10 a.m. Eastern, or 10, p.m., 10 a.m. Pacific, sorry. And then we have uh, and then we have Baylor, Texas A&M. We also have another one, Butler and Purdue. There's quite a bit of ranked matchups in college basketball. Obviously, as we know, college football is getting started this weekend. Uh, when it comes to their bowl season, we'll be excited for that. And uh, uh, NBA tonight. We've got about 90 seconds left on the show. The NBA tonight, 
there's quite a bit of games. One game to watch for. There's a ton of good. I'd say the Hawks and Celtics is fun. Raptors and Heat. Pistons, Bulls. That, I'm definitely know you'll be watching that one, Andrew. Um, Bucks and Warriors. I think that'll be a big one, considering the fact that the Bucks and Warriors just played each other, and the Warriors just lost to the Bucks. But I'm going to be watching Clippers and Spurs. Obviously, my team playing the Clippers, and with well the Clippers have been playing, it'll be fun. Andrew, what do you think about this weekend? Yeah, I'm really excited for Clippers and Spurs. We get to see how much um, the Clippers have grown. Also, when it comes to Bucks and Warriors, this is a 19 point spread. Take the Bucks. They dominated the Warriors. I get it was on the the second end of a back-to-back after they went to double OT in the last game of the seven-game road trip. But they dominated them. They're going to come in confident. They're not going to come in nervous. Golden State's going to come in cocky. If you heard Klay Thompson, they could celebrate with a little bit more class. Klay Thompson, look at your team every game. You You guys do this little fake class thing. Stop it. It's nonsense. You know, I, I'm not – and I'm not saying this because, you know, that comment made me go from not liking the Warriors to, like, I, I'm on the verge of hating the Warriors because I think that they're kind of just little babies, you know, when they off the court. You know, they're, they're, they are a tough team on the court. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks come out there and beat them again. I wouldn't. And I'm not, they're not the favorite in my mind. But 19 points? Come on, man. I mean – let, let's stop that nonsense. But the Pistons, Bulls, uh, I want to say the Pistons, I know they beat them once this year. I, I want to say they beat them twice already. No, just just once. But this is going to be a, a good test for the Pistons to go into Chicago. Um, the four-point spread, you know, the, I think the Bulls should obviously be favored, but I think that will also be a great game. Yeah, and this weekend of basketball really isn't that Unbelievable! You got five games on Saturday, and then on Sunday you got, uh, you got I believe you got six or you got seven games on Saturday. It's a uh, it's an interesting weekend of basketball. Not not really the biggest weekend of basketball, obviously, as we know. The world of football is getting crazy and getting bigger as we speak. Uh, but uh, outside of that, uh, it's been kind of one of those. It's been kind of one of those time. It's, it's that time of year where we're kind of gearing up for the Christmas Day games. That's pretty much what's going on right now in the NBA. Andrew, uh, we got about a minute left on the show. Hopefully I don't cut out like yesterday. Yesterday I cut it out. I cut out huge yesterday. Good thing I got my Kobe take in before we left, but that's pretty much how that happened. Hopefully I don't cut out. Um, You still hear me, Andrew? Am I there? Yeah, yep, yep. I have no idea what happened yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Okay, well, we're done with episode 33. Episode 33 is in the books. We got about a minute left on the show here. Uh, episode 34 on Monday, uh, December 21st, Christmas week. Yes, Christmas week. We'll start it off there. We'll be talking about some basketball, obviously what happened over the weekend in college basketball and in the world of the NBA. And obviously we'll give our college football picks. Actually, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Andrew. We got, we got about a couple minutes left. Let's talk about these college football picks. Hold on. Scratch the tape. We, we got some games this weekend for college football. Who are you going to pick in your college football games for this weekend? I know there's a ton of them. There's like four games, I think, in the world of college football. Who do you got? Uh, real quick, let's do it. Let's do a rapid fire. I'm going New Mexico. I'm going Utah. And these are all against the spread. I'm going Appalachian State take out Ohio. Of course, I had to watch them beat Michigan a few years back in the biggest upset in the history of college sports. I'm going uh, Georgia State. I'm going Louisiana Tech for this weekend. 
for college for college football this weekend, there's a, there's five games on Saturday. I don't plan on watching them all, but it should be fun. Uh, Arizona, I got Arizona beating New Mexico from the standpoint of look, they're just more talented, and I know New Mexico's been playing well and they're seven and five, but Arizona at six and six, they've played some tough Pac-12 teams. I think they're going to get the win and they're going to cover the spread in that one. BYU and Utah, um, this is the Mormons versus the non-Mormons. Uh, I think the non-Mormons will win. Uh, two and a half. I, I think number 22, Utah's going to get done. When they play their best football, they're one of the better teams in, in college football. Ohio-Appalachian State. I think Appalachian State has a chance of getting the victory, but I think Ohio is going to win overall. Um, I think they're going to win that one. I think you're going to sneak it out and get the victory. Uh, San Jose State, Georgia State. I honestly couldn't tell you who's going to win because, honestly, both these teams have played, have played pretty much nobody all year. Um, I think Georgia State's going to get the victory. Just I'm just going to throw it out there and just throw it up in the air. And then uh, Louisiana Tech, I, they've always played well in bowl games over the last couple of years. I think Louisiana Tech's going to get done, and they're going to win that one. Uh, I, I don't really know most of these games because a lot of these teams I just haven't been watching, but I definitely think Utah and BYU is probably the game of the weekend to watch in the world of college football. Oh, yeah. Like I said, starting next week, starting next week on Monday – Every single day we'll give our picks in college football who we think is going to win because obviously it is the goal season and we love to talk about college football here on the Hooper's Log if you love to talk it as well. Andrew, enjoy your weekend. I hope you feel better, man. I really do. I hope you feel better uh, going into this weekend of basketball. I appreciate it, man. I'm probably just going to lounge around like I do every other weekend. So, But other than that, you guys, as I say every time, and I'll let Chris take it away after, peace. All right, Andrew, have a great, great weekend. Uh, it should be a fun one. Also, get your last-minute shopping going. Yes, that is the outro again. We're playing the music again. Got a minute left. Again, episode 33 is in the books. Episode 34 will be on Monday. Same time, same place. You know where to find us. If you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, thank you again for listening. If you're listening through CLNS Radio in the FanDuel Studios, if you'd like to listen, if you like the quality of stuff, feel free to call in 323 323- Six four two one five five eight is the number. Feel free to call in next time if you're listening live. Again, Christmas week starting next week, December twenty first. We'll be here same time, same place. Episode thirty four, the Hoopers Log here through CLNS Radio in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Again, SimoBuckets.com if you want to learn more about me and what I'm about. Also check out my check out my my Twitter, SimoBuckets two five three. You'll find me there. Thank you again for listening. Enjoy the weekend of basketball and enjoy the college football.